Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Jean Review with Geek Chic Elite. My name is Drew Comerford. I am one of your hosts for this show. The other one being my good friend, Chris Doyle, who will be joining us momentarily. Uh, I just want to get a couple things out of the way first. Uh, the, like I said, this is our first ever episode. Uh, the show is called Jean Review. We're going to be reviewing genres, but not genres in the, uh, the, the sense of the word that you would think right off the bat we're going a little more specific so we're thinking uh deeper than horror or romantic comedy we're going into as specific to a genre as we can get for instance today our our theme is pilot movies we figured it's our pilot episode we'll talk about pilot movies there was one that came out pretty recently called flight i haven't seen it um but i talked about it we talk about things we haven't seen it's uh a very uneducated perspective, but you know what? It's fun. So, uh, yeah, so this is our first episode. Uh, I really hope you enjoy it. I want to get some things out of the way first. Uh, first of all, thank you to Geek Chic Elite for hosting this. Um, we do have a couple spoilers, so do not, there's some minor, spo- minor spoilers from Flight, uh, Mission of Mars, The Walking Dead, ER, Strange Wilderness, Lost, and the incredible film that is Six Days, Seven Nights in, with, with Harrison Ford and Anne Heche. Hesh. Hesh? Hesh. Anne Hesh. Yeah. So, uh, if you haven't seen all those movies and you don't want them spoiled for you, I'd listen anyways because it's really funny and it was fun to make and you're getting it for free. So, enjoy. You can follow, uh, myself or Chris on uh, the Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Drew Comerford 88. Uh, that's uh, D-R-E-W-C-O-M-E-R-F-O-R-D 88. And uh, Chris's Twitter handle is at C-B Doyle, C-B-D-O-Y-L-E. Also follow uh, Ge- Geek Chic Elite. Uh, they great new, uh, great nerdy news and tips and lists and articles and it's an amazing site. So follow them at at Geek Chic Elite. So, without further ado, I want to get started on this episode. So, everybody, strap in. We're about to open some fucking windows. That was a uh, snakes on a plane reference. Also, I feel the need to point out that uh, there's some explicit content. So, if your kid's in the room, I'm really sorry because we're probably going to use that word again at some point. Um, Anyway, cue the uh, the royalty-free music. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Think your name's gonna be on that plaque? Yes, sir. That's pretty arrogant, considering the company. I like that, the pilot. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! There's someone on the way. Some thing. I am the best goddamn pilot you're ever gonna meet. Ah! I've flown with you twice. You've crashed half the time. Plaque for the alternates is down in the ladies' room. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, you kill me. You really don't. Hello, and welcome to Genre Review, where we take a semi-shallow look at any given genre of film. I'm Christopher Doyle. And I'm Drew Comerford. And yeah, so that's yeah, this is that. Our, this is our first episode. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> so, uh, for our first episode, we decided to do uh, pilot movies. Yeah, pilot episode about pilot movies. It seemed logical. Pretty clever. It was, yeah. So, um, <laughs> every week on Genre Review, we're going to feature a main review of a recent or not so recent film that fits within the genre. And then we're going to follow that with a top five that's somewhat relevant. or relevant. not at all relevant or specific to the genre that yeah. we're discussing. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we're going to discuss uh, Denzel Washington and Robert Zemeckis' masterpiece, Flight. All right. Um, and uh, we'll probably play a clip here. Yeah, we'll play from, a clip. From the trailer. Here's the, the one with the gratuitous nudity right at the beginning. <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, <laughs> so we should, we should explain. We should explain that uh, one of us has seen the film. Uh, I have. I have seen John Q. Right. Um, so seems... that's fair. Yep. I feel like you're close. I you know? got, that, I got that'll it. do. Yeah, it's enough. I think I'm, I'm an like, expert uh, in this. The spirited sequel. Yeah, you're no stranger to Zell. No, no, no. I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware and of once, his presence. And once you recognize his patterns, you can pretty much predict how every subsequent movie will be. You just extrapolate exactly. on you know, the pattern that you already have. Okay, so, um, yeah, let me start it off. We've got this, uh, we've got this first clip here, and I feel like this clip uh, really sets up the audience in a, in a very unfair way, and I had to pause it immediately after this opening scene um, because I felt like I had been tricked already. So, so what I'm referring to specifically with that is the fact that you start off and there's like this, you know, white, white font on black. It's very classy looking. Flight. Paramount yeah. Pictures presents. And then you see this beautiful wide shot of an airport and a plane taking off. And the score comes in and it's kind of like... You know what, Chris? You know what, yeah. Chris? I bet yeah. that plane had a pilot. Yeah, it absolutely had a pilot. Yeah, so you, so you're like... Pilot. You're like right off the bat. You're like planes, pilots. This, I'm with it. I'm All with right. it. I yep. see what's happening. But the thing is, like, it's sort of like dark and moody, and the score comes in, and and I almost was getting like sort of like a Michael Clayton political thriller vibe already, and I was like, like you know like what? Die Hard Two. No, not at all like Die Hard 2. <laughs> no, not like Die Hard Two. <laughs> no, more like a Tony Gilroy, Michael Clayton type of type of all thing. Right. All right. In any case, so. So that that's how they set up the first. That's the first thing you see, yep. and then the next thing you see <laughs> is an alarm clock that goes off. If I'm not mistaken, that's a bare naked lady song that's playing. I think it, it might be. I think we're gonna have to. Can you can you pull up the footage there and just confirm? That sounds a lot like bare naked ladies. Yeah. Okay, so no, like I can hear it, and it's okay. like. It's super like moody and and very serious, right? I'm like I'm in for a serious movie this at this point. I'm thinking that. Like that's bare naked ladies, right? Can we take a moment to talk about how his alarm clock was set for 7:14? 
<laughs> hey, listen, man. He's a pilot. They had a flight at nine. <laughs> well, it just seems really specific. Unnecessarily specific. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple weird technology things that, I, if I remember, I'll bring up that I, I noticed throughout the film. But so, so what I had my, as my first note here is BNL off the bat with boobs, and then I scratched, and then I scratched out the S because it really is only one boob at first, um, one out of focus boob. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they kick it off with some bare naked ladies on the on the old FM. Um, and then I, I actually cut this out of the clip, but I'm going to add it back in, and I'll have to send you like the lengthened version of it. But the the second thing I wrote down here is uh, "crack of dawn" shot because uh, right after the clip ends, where the one I sent you, uh, Denzel is sitting on the bed and he's talking on the phone to his ex-wife, and he looks over at uh, Trina, the naked woman. And she's bent over, and he's just staring at her ass, and he says, yep, crack of dawn. And I thought it was literally the sleaziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That, that's just great writing. You, <laughs> we literally went from, like, high, like, highbrow, Tony Gilroy opening shot to, <laughs> yep, crack of dawn, staring at a woman's ass within, like, 45 seconds. So, I was already sort of, like, disoriented. Yeah. No pun intended. There was a little turbulence. Okay, that was <laughs> terrible. Um, okay, and then the next thing I have here is uh, that within the first five minutes, uh, within the first five minutes, Denzel ha- has consumed tobacco, alcohol, cocaine, weed, oxygen, nicotine, and aspirin. Okay. I think they're trying to establish that he's an addict. Okay. I, I, I was I, watching the clips and I was trying to figure out if he was an addict or just terrified of glass. Yeah. There's a lot of him throwing glass bottles away from him, throwing yeah, them in the garbage, throwing them at answering machines. This he's very. Of... He's very torn. <laughs> it's like he loves alcohol. Oh. But he hates it. I have a question too about some of that stuff uh did paps blue ribbon and absolute pay a lot for that kind of product placement it seems it seems like it's kind of in a negative light where it's an alcoholic trying to reform and he's dumping out his and i love that the absolute is treated like it's the holy grail of vodka or something it has its own separate section where he opens up the freezer he's like oh no i got rid of them all but the absolute i don't know if i could part with it yeah and he's got all the he's got like 18 of those tiny little bottles of the yeah. stuff in his fridge. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like... obviously he's just skimming them off the top on every yeah. flight. Um, uh, no, if, we could no. ju- if we could jump ahead a second, because you bring up the, the, the little bottles, I love that the little bottle is like its own character and is like, is like his devil on his shoulder in this. Like, it literally gets to that point. And uh, he's, when he's on the flight, he actually pours like a couple bottles of vodka into his orange juice, and then it plays a major role in the film um, without getting too spoilery, because I know that we don't want to entirely spoil this movie for everybody, but kind of at the same time. Um, but but those little bottles play such a huge role. And if you if you had if, did you check out the the mini bar sequence 
as I'm calling it. Yes. How epic was that mini bar <laughs> sequence? So when he when he showed up at the hotel, I was I was like, oh, how funny it would be if he just immediately went to the mini bar, and then the mini bar became like a major focal point of that entire <laughs> arc for him. Um, now, one question though: this yeah. point in the movie where he's developed this addiction is he a pilot at this point or is this after he's been like fired for something he's like he's like suspended and they're basically trying to hide like his his lawyers and like the and basically the lawyers for the airline know that he was fucked up but they're trying to hide it and have it be inadmissible in the hearing Uh, we're to assume that this is a grown adult in his, I don't know, late 40s, how old, how old, uh, around there, he makes money and he's drinking PBR. Uh, yeah, he's absolutely, he's drinking, he's, he's drinking PBR and absolute, he's a, a classy, classy drunk. Uh, uh, but beyond that, I think that, did you, did you get the clip of him, um, literally sitting down in his car and chugging vodka? Yeah. Oh my god, this movie, it just it it outdoes itself when it comes to establishing character traits for people. At that point, we've seen him do some pretty ridiculous things, and then he just starts chugging a massive jug of vodka in his car outside of the convenience store. It's like, yeah, okay, bro, we get it. You're a drunk. <laughs> just try to make it home. The shot after that, he's drinking a beer because he, he couldn't stick to just one uh, form of alcohol for his ride home. This movie, was there a lot of actual flying in it or was it like drinking in court proceedings? I feel like, yeah, flight, flight, most inaccurate title ever. <laughs> Did they show the, doesn't he like fly a plane upside down? Isn't that what it's about? Some guy? Uh, no, no, they completely removed that from the final product. It was okay. just for the trailers. No, 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 I'm kidding. They, yes, he did fly a plane upside down. Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, but you see it in the trailer, so I think it's safe to say that, yes, that is, like, the big thing. Basically, uh, even though he was hammered out of his face uh, on, like, lots of drugs at the time, he is the only person that could have thought of that maneuver and saved every, well, almost everybody on the plane. Um so, yeah, it's really just all about, uh, but, oh, oh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to meet the movie in its cheesiness, but maybe flight is not referring to flying in a plane. Oh. Yeah. I, I see what you're doing there. I, I get it. Shallow Hollywood metaphor. Yep. It's his personal flight to freedom. Yep. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of talk of freedom in this. Um, which is uh, becomes ironic at a certain point in the film. Um, yeah, it's it's a very strange, very strange movie. Huh. Oh, I have my last my last point here is uh, classic Zell meeting the rookie sequence. Um, you can also see Unstoppable for this sequence. It's with it's with Chris Pine in that movie, yeah. um, and where, it's where with... he drives the plane or where he drives the train upside down. Right, that one. Yes, exactly. I mean, he's the only person that could do it. 
He's a uh, he's a divorced, uh, estranged father who has drug and alcohol problems, but uh, he is the only person that could uh, drive the train upside down when they needed to. Um, it, it was in a tunnel. He just ramped it. It was pretty. It was pretty sweet. If you haven't, guys, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's great. Love Unstoppable. Big big fans. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, what other clips did I send you? I don't know. You throw some at me and, and give me your impressions of what you thought, having right. sort of not really gotten the context. Um, there was the one that I laughed out loud at was when I guess someone called him that he didn't want to talk to. So he decided to throw <laughs> his absolute bottle at the answering machine, but he missed and he had all the pictures behind it. And then the, answer, uh, the message just keeps going. Yeah, and it's and it, it, it's funny because um, I'm kind of glad that I sent it to you so clipped out because that the, he's reading a letter. <laughs> he's reading a letter from his heroin junkie girlfriend. Uh, she's recently left because he's a jerk. Um, and it, in his anger, and then I guess the phone is the is some sort of trigger. Like he was he was stewing inside, and then the phone call and the lightning. The phone call and the thunder at the exact same time just gave sort of an auto response to pick up the bottle of whatever that was and throw it across the room. That yeah. that was a that was a personal favorite. When I see stuff like that in this movie, I'm beginning to think that it has like Fast and Furious qualities to it. Like so it's going to go on for like ten movies. I, I wouldn't mind to be in one. I wouldn't mind. I think that The Rock could really improve uh, this this kind of movie. Um, like he does with all movies he's in. Yeah, absolutely. We we love The Rock. Big fans of The Rock on this Big show. Fan. Big but fans of Dwayne. To call him. We, I refuse to call him Dwayne. He's The Rock. All right. That's what, just, that's what he we'll was, just go. It's like when when one of your friends is like, my name's Steve, but then after your friends for like ten years, he's like, I'm gonna be more mature. I want you to start calling me Steve, and you're like, No, I've known you for like. 10 years. I'm not going to start calling you Steven now. That's the same with The Rock. We were already friends, and I knew him as The Rock. And then he wanted me to start calling him something else. And I was like, no, man. Can't do it. Oh, see, see, when I met him, we were already he was already on Dwayne, so Okay. All right. I, I, I can be, sort of bounce back and forth, but I understand. Um, so yeah, anyways, uh, Rock, we'd love to see you in the fifth one. Yep. In Flight, flight 5. Yes. Five, flight, five. It's a really hard word to work into there. There's an uh, I, flight. Flight in flight, <laughs> flight. fast, flight furious. <laughs> We're gonna see The Rock and Vin Diesel. I'd love to see Vin Diesel and some American Muscle. Um, keep it in the family. Uh, Toretto till we die. All that fun oh. stuff. Big fans of Fast and the Furious. Um, and I do think that Flight is sort of like a spirited. Sequel successor to to that franchise as well, um, because it is so fucking ridiculous. And now that, that we're sort of right into the ridiculousness, can we talk about uh, John Goodman a little bit? In... How it's probably the best role he's ever played, and I got that from two clips. His magnum opus for sure. I think that this <laughs> is really. He he may as well stop acting. Like there doesn't. I don't know why he's continuing after this glorious role. He's he's I... at his high. I, I feel like he's not going to top it. He's sort of c coming down the other side of the mountain at this point, having having done flight. It's it's pretty incredible. Um, keeping it classy, uh, he's introduced with uh, 
with him coming into the hospital with Sympathy for the Devil playing, which just no. super can original. We, can, can we play the clip? Yeah, yeah, let's play the clip. All right. <laughs> and he's wearing the best shirt I've ever seen. Yeah, and carrying the best satchel I've ever seen. like they hired a script doctor that uh that introduced that character and wrote all of his lines and was like no you got to make this funnier but he has the worst sense of humor imaginable yeah it's it's pretty offensive why don't we just go to the next clip immediately okay so this one's a couple more people we got uh is that don Cheadle? It's Don Cheadle and Bruce Greenwood. By the way, this movie is stacked with some A-list talent, which okay. is just amazing because it is the most insane movie ever. What's the deal, buddy? You look like you're hurt for certain. Do not touch the merch, motherfucker! CeeLo, I need you outside. Guard the door, please. Thank you very much. It's a topical reference. All right, gentlemen. Yeah. I need that table cleared, placed in front of Whip with a chair behind it. Now, please. I need a glass of water. That I was need a credit card. I need a hundred dollar bill. It's very rough. Very aggressive. He's fed up. Calm down, Don Cheadle. And I need a cocoa puff. What? Just take the tiniest little bit of tobacco out of the top of the cigarette, please. Damn. This is where Don Cheadle shows that he's still hip. Okay, <laughs> he still knows how to make a cocoa puff. <laughs> Two small whiffs first. Why is Denzel Washington like, naked in this scene? <laughs> uh, because he went on a binge following the mini bar sequence. And uh, he needs the cocaine as a pick-me-up. This is pre-hearing cocaine. All right. So, just just set this up a little better. Um, who, Good luck. Who, who is John Goodman playing in this movie? Like, who is this guy? Is he's he... he's kind of like um, he's kind of like best friend, uh, drug dealer, sort of surrogate brother. Okay. He, he, in fact, refers to himself as Denzel Washington's brother to a reporter at one point in the movie. Um, I see and, the family resemblance. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's cutting-edge comedy in this, yeah. uh, in this film. Uh, oh, it's funny because he's white and Denzel's black, and it's funny that he'd say brother. Um, super, 
super next level comedy yeah, yeah. provided. Um, I, I do actually, think I think that um, when they originally brought the idea for this movie and brought the script in, that uh, the studio execs were like, "We need a script doctor to make this funnier because there's not enough." I truly, I truly feel like. 10 to 15 people worked on this script. Yeah. Uh, it feels, it feels like sort One of, of the, them being John Goodman. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I didn't check to make sure that he got at least a story credit, but um, I feel like it would be a travesty. His work is clearly mostly improv and probably drug fueled. Yeah. I think it's safe to say Much that he like is Roseanne. Yeah. That he, he's high as shit. And, uh, <laughs> That's that's not vitamin B or whatever they use for uh, stage coke. Uh, that's the real deal. Okay. I think that we can we can say safely that John Goodman is high out of his face for for any and all scenes that he appears in in this film. All right. Uh, which are also some of the best scenes in the film. I I want to just touch on the. The, the crash itself, I feel like we probably should talk a little bit about that. Um, I didn't send it to you because it was like 45 minutes long. So, How long was uh, the movie? The movie was like, I'm not going to lie, I kind of feel like you lucked out not having to sit through the two and a half <laughs> hours that was this movie. But, um, I really like court, courtroom scenes. They're riveting. To me, to be honest, so little of it was in the courtroom. Like, it's not even the movie that you think it's going to be after you realize it's not going to be about flight. It is literally uh, a terrible plane crash in the beginning, a really emotional uh, court hearing at the end, and the entire middle chunk, which is about an hour and a half is just Denzel Washington being a Hollywood alcoholic. Okay. I, I just really hope that John Goodman and Denzel doing drugs together just becomes a staple in Denzel's movies. Just like, can you imagine if like Man on Fire, he's got that little girl and the little uh, Dakota Fanning in the back of his car and he just pulls over on the way to school to do drugs with John Goodman? So what you're suggesting is that we go back and we do a new cut yeah, of like, Man on Fire. Like a John Goodman cut. Right. It's yeah. like it's <laughs> like the for the 10 year has it been 10 years since Man I on Fire? I feel like it's probably been more. That's so uh wow. I'm going to wow. look it up. I'm going to look I it up. Feel old. I'm going to look it up cuz Dakota Fanning was a kid and she's an adult now kind of. I think barely. She's... She's like True. 18 or 19, isn't she? Look it up, bud. <laughs> All right, looking it up. All right, Man on Fire. 2004. So we're just, let's almost. So yeah, there. like this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 year anniversary. Let's add a couple more scenes. Zell just takes a quick detour on his way to dropping off Pita or whatever the hell the, uh, Dakota's name is. Yep. Uh, it's PETA. It is PETA. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's... Man on Fire is fresh, fresh in my memory. In fact, 
it was actually on TV yesterday, and I considered not watching Flight and saying that I decided to watch Man on Fire instead, and then we could both review Flight having watched John Q and Man on Fire. <laughs> but I decided against it. I mean... Um, See, now, uh, now, going to John Q, if, while, if John Goodman just happened to be one of the people that was, you know, stuck in, in the hospital. In the hospital. Them, I feel like his character and uh, the guy from Entourage's character could have really hit it off. Like they could have done drugs together. I can't even remember who from Entourage was in John Q. Um, not one of the, like, it's, what's his name? The, I guess he was the agent, I think. What's his name? The, yeah. Oh, Jeremy Piven? No, not Jeremy Piven. Is he the agent on Entourage? I've only yeah. seen, okay, then I'm not thinking of the right person. <laughs> um <laughs> Right. It's fine. It's fine. Well, let's let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I Ke- think Kevin the... Connolly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Eric on Entourage. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He could. He could totally. Yeah. For sure. They'd be best buds. Yeah. Um, I think that John Goodman would improve most films, and we should probably just go back and start adding him in to every film. Yeah. Basically, I mean, we've got anything that was made in 2004 coming up for a 10 year. So that's a, that's a lot of movies that we could just, I mean, I'm thinking about going back further. I'm thinking like some silent era, you know, a few yeah. talkies. I, I could see that. He could totally play a Ku Klux Klan member in birth of a nation, but like, but like add heart to it, you know? Yeah. And a lot of drugs. Sure. Yeah. What would it be back then? I mean, was was cocaine that available for the KKK? I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to check on that. We're gonna have to. A, we look at, do... we'll, we're we're gonna get back to the view or to the uh, listeners on that one. Yeah. Well, maybe next episode we'll talk about KKK and cocaine. Yeah, we we were a little unprepared. That was just something that we came up with right now. So we're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna jot that jot that down right now, and we're gonna <laughs> do. The, or did the KKK use cocaine? That's a, that's a show note right there. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still writing. I'm, I'm just being very I just, thorough. I just hope someone like just comes across your notes and is like, why is he researching whether or not the KKK used cocaine? Yeah, just to reiterate, this is what my this is what it says on this notepad right now. This notepad is empty. It's a new notepad, and it says flight, BNL off the bat with boob, crack of dawn shot, tobacco, alcohol, cocaine, weed, oxygen, nicotine, aspirin. First five minutes, classic Zell meeting the rookie sequence. Then it has the terrible intro that we sort of like gave up on. Um, and then it says, did the KKK use cocaine? <laughs> so I, too, hope somebody finds this. And uh, they're given no context. We veered off course a little bit. Yeah, which was like. expected. Absolutely. Uh, encouraged, yeah. at least on my end. Yeah. So, sorry, where were we? We're talking about flight. I mean, do we have to talk any more about this movie? I think that we've, we've laid it down. It's true. Well, we have, we have an, a whole genre to get to. Yeah. And we've just touched the most recent. We've got we've got Top Gun. 
Yeah. Con Air. Yeah. Red Eye. Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that maybe uh, pilot genre was biting off a little bit more than we can chew. I mean, are we, is this even the tip of the iceberg for the genre? I, well, I feel like. We've got space pilots, you know, pilot doesn't just necessarily mean airplanes. Uh, yeah, and now you're making it even worse because, <laughs> I mean, that opens it up to a whole bunch I mean, uh, I could I could talk a lot about Mission to Mars. Yeah. Um, oh, who couldn't? Well, and I haven't seen that film, so. Oh, okay. Well, so I mean, if you've seen it, then I feel like there you go. That's another I saw, one. I saw it probably ten years ago. That's so it's fresh. Yeah. I saw uh, Man on Fire nearly ten years ago. <laughs> And I picked up PETA. So, I mean, if you can recognize names of characters, then I feel like that's, you know, pretty thorough. Um, well, oh, uh, side note, Mission to Mars, another Don Cheadle movie. Oh, see? Didn't yeah. even plan that. That's yeah. just that's just a happy accident, yeah. actually. Don so. Cheadle, Gary Sinise, Tim Robbins, like... How did this movie not Stacked. get an Oscar? Stacked. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Mission to Mars is the uh, is the prequel to Flight. Yeah. In terms well, of well, A-list stars in a what the fuck movie. Well, but, well, it's a prequel to John Q, which is the prequel to Flight. Fair enough. The the trilogy as people yeah. refer to it. Lots they, of people. That's everybody. They're going to release they, the weirdest 3 DVD collection ever. That wouldn't even be weird for, for, for how weird some of the DVD collections that they release are. It's just like, oh, you've taken these mediocre, these three mediocre movies and tried to package them together to move weight. Um, I feel like Mission to Mars and John Q and Flight would make an excellent uh, DVD pack. The most ridiculous one I've seen would be uh, like... Essentially, not how they labeled it on the cover, on the cover, but old people doing things that they're too old to do. Like I think I think uh, Space Cowboys was on there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what the other movies were. I just remember it finding it to be a ridiculous combination of movies. Can we touch on Space uh, Space Cowboys uh, just briefly? Uh, they're, and... they're pilots, I guess. They're, yeah. They're space like astronauts, which are just you know smarter pilots. Do you recall the opening sequence when uh, Tommy Lee Jones was playing the voice of his younger, his character's younger self? And yes. it was super creepy to see like a 20 year old kid with Tommy Lee Jones's gruff yeah. 60 plus, 70 plus maybe at that point um, voice. It was sort of horrifying and didn't work at all. Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, you know who they should have gotten to, to play the younger version was Josh Brolin because we now know that Josh Brolin can do an amazing Tommy Lee Jones impression yeah apparently so I, did you actually make it out to MIB uh, whatever um, I 15? received I received the trilogy on Blu-ray as a uh, birthday gift or Christmas gift and I haven't oh. seen it yet so I watched oh okay I did see it I saw it on, on Blu-ray but not in theaters oh, okay excellent it was uh Entirely mediocre. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I figured. 
Well, actually, I, that's that's actually a lot uh, nicer than I than I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking up Space Cowboys here. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty stacked. This this movie, if I recall, has some pretty big names. Clint Eastwood, Donald Sutherland, James Garner, James Cromwell, Marsha Gay Harden, William Devane. Who's William Devane? What is he doing there? <laughs> I don't know. Um, does Marsha Gay Harden play, like, a nice person in that movie? I can't recall. Does, does she she's have... a love interest, isn't she, for someone? Is she? I don't remember. Just in, in my experience of Marsha Gay Harden movies, she's always really mean. She's just got, like, permanent bitch face. She's got a mean she's, face, yeah. yeah. So she's always cast as a mean person. She's just got a very, like, a very striking, harsh face. Like, did you see The Mist? Yes. I, yeah. Uh, you mean the prequel to The Walking Dead, that they took all the characters from it and put them in a grocery store? Uh, I think that what you're saying is that The Walking Dead took those characters outside of the grocery store yes. and didn't and didn't shoot them all in the head at the end. True. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for the mist, everybody. I'll, we'll mark it's, them somewhere. The, it's, we we spoiled the following movies. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that because I I can't not talk about how depressing the mist is. Yeah, and uh, it had the the the. Uh, what's her name from Walking Dead? Uh, what is it? the like bald girl, bald woman? She was in the comics, but she wasn't bald. She was much younger in the comics. The bald Anyways, woman. The the woman with like that. Well, she's not bald, but the woman with the buzz cut. Melissa McBride. <laughs> yes. You're referring what? to Melissa McBride. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, she plays Carol. Yes, Carol. That's the. It confused me because um, she's not bald, bro. The, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. It's um, like a the, short pixie. The best part is that the editor for Geek Chic Elite, who's hosting this podcast, is a massive Walking Dead fan. She's going to be very mad at me for this whole conversation. Why? But... I I don't feel like this is negative at all. We're we're <laughs> saying that both Walking Dead and The Mist are um, one and the same, and both awesome. Yeah. Although. But... I think that is as depressing as The Walking Dead gets, The Mist kind of trumps it with yeah. like with like childhood. But, well they homicide. are they're, they're they're both Frank Darabont, which I didn't realize until recently. Oh Frank Darabont did the mist. Right. That's that... why there's so many crossover characters like Lori Holden, um the uh Jeffrey DeMunn, uh yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I I completely forgot that uh, Darabont did uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's um, but yeah. Anyway, I when I first Briefly, watched right? Walking Dead, yeah, for like a year. Wait, what? I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure anyway. he's been completely replaced at this point. Has he? On The Walking Dead, yeah. I, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, but anyway, um. Carol's character in the comic books. I w I wondered why they went with that direction, with this actress in particular, and then uh, I watched The Mist and I realized that she's had a buzz cut since two thousand seven. <laughs> <laughs> you said that as if it's like, guys, <laughs> I need to get the word out. Listen, nobody's talking about it. Melissa McBride rocking the buzz since oh seven. Is this okay? 
This is not okay. This This is what I'm getting to. Is she's been rocking that haircut a long time, and it's working for her. Yeah, she's a, I suppose a, a fan favorite on the show. She's not dead yet, so. She should be though. I mean, she probably should be. When she was just chilling in that closet in the prison for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> what was going on there? Come on. Just say hello to somebody walking by. I don't know. You know what? I have... in a, considering she's in a zombie apocalypse, she's keeping that haircut up. Like, oh, you know what? Maybe that's you know that kind of makes sense, right? It's you're not going to get grabbed. Your hair's not going to get pulled. It makes sense yeah. to have short hair. What was her excuse in the mist? Uh, the mo- the tentacles. It's <laughs> there's she, lots of tentacles. They could grab she hair. Went to the grocery store. Shaved her head on the way there in expectation of possible monster attacks. No, uh, if you actually get the, um, I think it's like the the director's cut Blu-ray, the one with the black and white, there's a deleted scene where she's actually shaving her head in the pharmacy section when, <laughs> when, the, when the tentacles first start coming out. I swear, guys, check it out. It's awesome. The black and white version of The Mist is awesome. Um, but that deleted scene section is pretty sweet. It gets graphic. It gets filthy. Yep, all that hair on the floor. It's like a, like yeah. a barber shop. Fully shaved, and, guys. And by Full, this, fully and, shaved. And by this point, the Shermanator has been sucked through the garage door thing. Yeah, poor dude. So, yeah, poor Sherman. I'm sure that actor has a name, but I don't know it. Yeah, because when you met him, he was already the Shermanator. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> so we've strayed really far off topic from pilots and pilot movies. Um, so, what are some of our other favorite pilot movies? What's your What's your thought on on Top Gun? Top Gun. Um, I think that. Oh, okay. Here's what I think about Top Gun, and this is something that I've been meaning to get off my chest lately, very like very recently, uh, as of late. Top Gun, uh, really great film. Um, sort of hasn't aged as well as it could, but I think that it really could have aged. That's okay, because neither has Anthony Edwards. Excellent, excellent point. Um, what I'm saying is, I think that it really could have aged like a fine wine if John Goodman was in there somewhere doing a whole bunch of cocaine. <laughs> It's true. I, I'm i going to look at all the movies that I've seen in the past and wonder how they could have been improved. What are we at with Top Gun here? How many years are we going on for Top Gun? A lot more than 10. I know, but like that just makes it more epic. <laughs> yeah. 86. So that's yeah. what we're... Oh, we're like a, three years um, off from yeah. 30? We are two years younger than Top Gun. Yeah. So... Another <clears throat> Tim Robbins movie. Yeah. See, all these movies are connected. Oh, well, holy movies. shit! Holy shit! Tony Scott, Man on Fire, Top Gun. Yeah. yeah. We didn't even veer off course, dude. We're just no, we're... we're about to bring it full circle, and I think True. we just did. The Good Wife. <laughs> he did. He he was the exec on The Good Wife. Uh, rest in peace, Tony Scott. By the way, yeah. let's. Yeah. Just... So, oh, fun fact about Top Gun, but not really anything to do with Top Gun. Um, 
I was at Canada's Wonderland last week. They have uh, the ride Top Gun, which isn't called Top Gun anymore. Yeah, what is it called now? Flight Deck. Flight Deck. Terrible. Yeah, I. but it's actually probably the worst roller coaster on the planet. It physically hurts to ride. It's and so, yeah, it, it is It is not fun. When I went last week, I got stuck on it for about 15 minutes. Just stuck in the chair. Are you serious? Like, Yeah, yeah, like the whole ride. Like, well, we stopped right before rounding the corner to, to where you deboard the roller coaster. Oh, okay. And there was one other um, row of carts going behind us. So yeah. I could hear people behind me panicking as this second coaster is coming up behind us. That All I feel of them like assuming that they didn't think of this and didn't uh prepare for this kind of traffic jam and everyone panicking that we were going to get hit by the roller coaster behind us. I think that just adds an element of reality. I mean, there's only so much runway. Yeah. Sometimes you got to loop back. I mean, they didn't build the ability to loop back, which yeah. Makes it, yeah, incredibly dangerous. And, you know, um, a class action lawsuit could result from that kind of negligence. But um, but I think some... that, you know, what you should have done was just inverted inverted your, your cart, um, much like Denzel does in the uh, smash hit flight. And done the ride upside down. Well, I mean, yeah. you're already hanging, right? So it makes yeah. more sense. I mean, most roller coasters, you're on top of the roller coaster. I think that's where they went wrong. You know what's, you know what's a good comparison here? Sometimes, sometimes roller coasters break. Sometimes, sometimes you, you stop, but they've prepared for it so that people don't hit you. But sometimes accidents happen because sometimes, once in a while, when you deploy your ejection seat... Your roof doesn't come off. Yeah, and that—that's pretty rough. You're yeah. having a bad day. You're having a bad day if you're going down, and then yeah, like the the glass doesn't pop off when you press the ejection seat. Like yeah. that is—I mean, for people stuck on roller coasters, think about that. You could be having a worse day. Yeah, you guys are real pussies. Get over it. <laughs> Get over it. Chill out. It's fine. You're strapped in. You don't have to eject into your own windshield. It's not that bad. Can we can we talk for a moment about Anthony Edwards dying on screen? <laughs> like top Top Gun. <laughs> we got Top Gun. Top Gun was you know a pretty epic death. People still yep. talk about no, it. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um. We've got ER. Doctor Green. It took three episodes for him to die. I'm not even exaggerating. We've got Dr. Green, last day in the hospital. He's got a, a brain tumor or something, and he's dying. You he's were like, were you, like you were a diehard ER fan or oh, something, Oh, I watched eh? ER. I watched ER a lot. Was it the Kloon? Was it the um, Kloonmeister? At first. At but first. Then he, but then he left, and I still watched so you came for the Kloon, and you stayed I for... I stayed for the Noel Wiles. Oh, okay. I think it's Wiley, but... Okay. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you're, well, you're a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we've got the first episode of his death sequence, where it's his last day, everyone's emotionable. Uh, emotionable? That's not a word. Everyone's emotional. It is now. Yeah. It is now. Um... 
the episode ends with him walking away from the hospital. Turns around, he looks back, keeps walking. Credits roll. It's a beautiful moment. The next episode, all of our favorite doctors and nurses are sitting in their little nurse's station. They get a fax from Hawaii, which is where our beloved Dr. Green went to die. Right. And uh, he's died at this point. <laughs> so the, uh, the rest of the episode is... It's it's an of like forty two minutes of them mourning his loss at the hospital, ending with his funeral. And uh, if you weren't emotional by the end of the last episode, by the end of this one, you're like you're taking a pretty heavy hit. Yeah, I, 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 I'm tearing up right like, now. God. So now they could just carry on with their lives and introduce a new doctor to replace Doctor Green because that's what they do on those shows because they have to keep that eight person cast credit thing. So they're going to introduce somebody. But then, the next episode, episode three in the sequence, and it's Dr. Green's last days in Hawaii with his family. And then we have to physically watch him die. <laughs> and it's awful. Yeah, see, see they, they tricked you because you're thinking, oh, they decided to do it this way. We don't have to actually see him die. It's more sort of about the aftermath and you know how everybody's feeling. But then they're like, no. You're going we're going to put you through this through for a three episode arc. Um I mean, I'm not familiar with this uh, as material as much as you are, but I'm very uh, familiar. Apparently, it's sort of you've got some sort of repressed memories uh we're going to have a breakthrough tonight with yeah. you and your relationship with ER. <laughs> probably. <clears throat> so we should probably get back to pilot movies instead of just talking about random Anthony Edwards' deaths on screen. Well, not, not random, but talking about Anthony Edwards. Any, anything but random with yeah. Anthony Edwards. That's true. It's very specific, always. Yeah. Um, yeah, so why don't we get back to uh, pilot movies? Yeah, we got we talked Top Gun. Do you have any anything more to add? For, for no, I I think we ran the gamut. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got uh, Con Air. Some Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have anything to say about that movie. I, I don't should. think. I mean, what hasn't been said? It's true. Right. I feel like I feel like the the top critics and film theorists have picked it to pieces at this point. Yeah. I mean, you if you want to know about Con Air, go take a class on Con Air. There's many. Yeah. Every check your local your, your local community college will okay. definitely have uh, at least a couple, if not a, a full program on uh, Con Air and other. Nicholas Cage fair in general. Yeah, if they don't have Conair, they probably have a Nicholas Cage class. You know what? Well, well, well let's get let's get in in depth on on Conair um, during our Nicholas Cage genre yeah, episode, which is coming. Is, now that we've mentioned it, we have to do it. And it certainly is its own genre. It's true. Um, John Cusack also in that movie. Has he ever played a played a pilot in anything else? The limo driver once. He could totally be a pilot. There, let's. I could. See I could. I could you know, like I could absolutely see it. He was in a plane in a movie in 2012. 
He was in that there, airplane that there you go. missed everything that was bad. Uh, 1408, no plane no. stuff in that hotel no. and creepy Morgan Freeman stuff. Trying to find a way to connect uh, connect uh, Con Air to our other to our DVD package that we'll be releasing after the podcast, but there doesn't seem to be any correlations other than airplanes. I'm sure we can find something. Oh, I got it. Okay. okay, so we're at Con Air. Yeah. Then we go to Stand by Me. We got a train sequence on a bridge. Therefore, Unstoppable, starring Denzel Washington and Chris Pine and a train going upside down. And then we're full circle all the way back to flight. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm like knee-deep in John Cusack's IMDb profile right now, and I'm that's, seeing... That's quite the read. I would look at the novelization of, of John Cusack's IMDb page. I'd read it. It's pretty fucking epic. I mean, we're we're talking pilots. Let's talk about we we got into space pilots a little bit, yeah. but um, but I mean, like, let's let's yeah. I got nothing here. There's nothing Wait, for John Cusack. I've, I've got it. He once piloted John Malkovich. Oh shit! There you go. Okay, that's that and that's some next level shit too. Yeah. So happened. we've got we've got. John Cusack puppetry, being John Malkovich, <laughs> Cameron Diaz. Are we just playing Six Degrees of Separation to yes. Flight at this point? <laughs> uh, we've also got. Uh, oh shit! He was in Pushing Tin. His cover photo for uh, for for IMDb. I know. Yeah, I'm looking, right, I'm looking at it. It's from Hot Pursuit, and it's. It's it's a weird choice. Um, I especially like the fact that um, I don't know if this is just because of the size of my browser, but no, it doesn't look to be uh, something to do with the size of my browser. It's cut in two. We're just really seeing half. It, we're we're seeing one side of of the sack of the Q sack. Uh, we've got snakes on a plane. It's a it was a good one. Yep. Depending who you ask. If you ask me, it was a good one. Oh, I love Snakes on a Plane. I cheered, I clapped, we cried. That's true. I, uh, it takes a certain kind of audience to enjoy a movie like that. I'm exactly that kind of audience. You're the entire audience. Yeah, that's me. Entire audience. Um, well, um, but... Sorry, sir, are you saying that uh, you could either have the whole audience that's into it or they could have you? Would you plus the whole audience be just way too much audience into the movie? Yes, I'm saying that uh, my presence alone was enough that Samuel L. Jackson could feel it in his bones when I cheered. So what you're saying is that um, it's either very expensive for the movie theater or very expensive for you if you ever go to a movie because only you can be in the theater <laughs> at that time. Now that I think of it, um, I think the only movie that we might have seen together in the theater was Bloody Valentine 3D. No, we went and we saw um, Strange Wilderness and we were late. We were oh, that's... Late. That's true. 
we were late for that one. I think those were the two movies that we went and saw together. Strange Wilderness. I mean, can we gleam anything out of that? Oh, I remember we were like half an hour late and it was like a 25 minute movie at that point. (laughs) It was about an hour long, I think, and we missed the first half of it. Yeah, like they just were 87 minutes altogether. Flight could take a page out of Strange Wilderness's books and trim the fat a little bit. I mean, I can't imagine how much they cut Strange Wilderness leaving gems like Justin Long sleeping with tattoo eyes on his eyes. I don't even remember Jonah Hill in this movie. Me neither. I was just thinking the exact same thing. I'm looking at the IMDb page and I was like, he was in it? I just remember that, that the beating of Bigfoot is probably the the best scene in the history of film. Um, yeah, when they just kill him. <laughs> yeah. When they just kill the space, when he's like, "Oh, yeah, it's such a human, <laughs> it's such a human." Oh, uh, am I about to die? Um, so away from Strange Wilderness and on to uh, pilot movies some more, since we keep getting really sidetracked. You're doing everything to steer this plane straight. I'm trying. Every time, every time we go off course. I like the the punning. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like it's going to be a pretty regular thing on this podcast. I hope so. I, I love a good pun. Oh, okay. Well, I'll come up with some good ones down the road then. Uh, what else do we have? I once saw a movie on uh, one of the, you know, straight for straight to TV um, bad B-movies. Uh, but not a good one, not like a Roger Corman one, like just a stupid, stupid B-movie. And the I, for, I wish I knew what it was called, but the plot of it was essentially... I remember, if, if, I remember very little about this movie. If it was ants or bees, I think it was ants, and they were on a plane... Was it called was it called ants on a plane? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But I remember that like one person died in the whole movie, and everyone else was just in a lot of pain because the ant bites, the way they described it, it felt like bullets. But <laughs> they're still just ants, so they're not like killing people. I think one guy got, got bit too many times and died, and then everyone else I'm got. S- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to I don't mean to stop you, but the ant bites feel like bullets. Yes, it's like I, bullets shooting you. Yes. Like bullets shooting the person that's being bitten by the ant. Yes. Is there a mass like is there a hole and an exit wound or No, it's just an ant bite. <laughs> Dude I found it. It was called this is the best title. Destination Infestation. Oh my god. That is some brilliant marketing right there. There's a colon in there. It's destination colon infestation. I inferred the colon, but um, thank you for clarifying because, I mean, I think that that really makes it even more symmetrical. Yeah. I love that when I typed it, I had to type out the whole thing into IMDb because it didn't suggest it. It was because it in a million years he couldn't imagine that I would be searching for this movie on IMDb 
Yeah, I think that it's just doing everything it can to steer people clear from that film. Let's I mean, read, let's read this plot. While on a flight home from Columbia, the plane that Dr. Carrie Ross and her daughter are on is attacked by bullet ants, whose sting is the most painful and deadliest on the planet. Joining forces with Air Marshal Ethan Hart, Dr. Ross, an entomologist, tries desperately, desperately to save the flight from disaster. Oh, and I love when, when plot lines do this on uh, IMDb. They end with, in the end, their struggle brings them closer together and offers the couple hope for the future. That you, could, you could paste that onto three quarters of the movies on IMDb and it would work. That is some lazy writing, free IMDb posters. Come on. Get your shit together. Movie. It's a Canadian movie. Go figure. <laughs> Love oh, so, so, so sorry. Were they were they dressing up British Columbia as just regular Columbia? Um, I guess so. <laughs> they were home from Columbia. See now, I'm now I'm just thinking of what if British Columbia was just a more British version <laughs> of Columbia, like it was the jungle. I assume Columbia is a lot of jungles and cocaine. There was a lot of jungles and cocaine, but it was just like a lot of like Cockney accents and, and tea, lots of tea. Yeah, and maybe mm. like maybe some pies. John Goodman. Throw John Goodman in there. Why not? <laughs> they got the cocaine already. I mean, exactly. He goes where the coke goes. Yeah, so that's just gonna happen. It's a package deal. Yeah, but it's funny that it says whose sting is the most painful and deadliest because. One of the thoughts I remember from this movie was that very few people actually died. Yeah, so that's what I'm curious about. I mean, I'm just wrapped with anticipation um, <laughs> when it comes to this uh, part of the uh, science behind bullet dance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the pain they're inflicting, is that like a psychological thing? Or like, are they actually inflicting the same amount of like damage that a bullet would. It wasn't, it wasn't that at all. It was just, it, it hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm picturing a Colombian with a British accent just saying that hurt a lot when they get bit by, like, that hurt, like, the same as if I got shot. I'm good, like, I'm not going to die or anything, I'm just saying it hurts a lot, and I wouldn't, I would appreciate that if it didn't happen again, you get those ants away from me. I know that I'm not going to die, but, I mean, I kind of want to with the amount of pain these bullet ants are inflicting upon me. Of course, I'm just sort of guessing at this, I mean, I clearly need to do my, my own research and, and dive right into this. Um, is it just a, a single film, or are, is this a franchise um, I don't believe there was a, a, a sequel. Generally, when you when you check IMDb to the you might also like it, will generally recommend uh, sequels. I feel like one. I feel like Destination Infestation. That's just that could that's sort of like a, a National Lampoon's Vacation type thing. You can really open that up. Yeah. You start with ants, and then you move on to. Well, you can't do snakes, but um, um, like possums, <laughs> or like I don't know, I rodents. Imagine sometimes. a worse flight than one with 
With possums. No, not possums, dude. Bullet possums. <laughs> no, no, no. Not bullet possums. RPG possums. <laughs> Guys, it feels like I was just shot with a rocket-propelled grenade. However, <laughs> this possum just bit me on the ankle and I'm experiencing the same pain of exploding into millions of pieces of matter, but I'm not actually doing that. That, I mean, you could really step it up. Ants is just the beginning. You've started with bullets. Let's get up to WMDs by the end of it. According to IMDb, people that like this movie might also like Battlestar Galactica. Um, District 9 or Terminator Salvation I believe those three movies have one thing in common and it's all that they're severely lacking in John Goodman doing massive amounts of cocaine no actually uh, Destination Infestation did have John Goodman doing cocaine oh really he made it out (laughs) yeah he made it out for that one all the way out to uh, the British version of Columbia Oh, right, of course. Because yeah, of the coke. With all of their British cocaine. So, can you think of any other pilot movies? Um, no, yeah, I think we, we got we them all. We didn't talk Red Eye. Is Red Eye really a pilot movie? Mm, it's in a plane. That's true. I kind of feel like I just don't want to talk about Red Eye because it's a terrible fucking film. <laughs> yeah. So do we have a do we have a top five available? Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna ring mine off. Uh, I didn't write it down or anything, but um, I'm gonna do top top five plane crashes. Uh, you know, mostly situations where the pilot fucked up. I mean, uh, if you watch the movie Flight, Denzel repeatedly states, "You gave me a broken plane," um, but every once in a while, it is the pilot's fault. And I don't know that it's necessarily the pilot's fault in all of these, and I don't know that we should be honoring pilots doing a pilot episode by covering a top five plane crashes. But I'm going to play. I'm going to play um, devil's advocate here. And um, Drew, do you have your top five? Nope. <laughs> I'm googling them now. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll start then. In that case, number five. I think we're going to go with um, we're going to go with Lost Uh, just because it's TV so it's got to be at the bottom which you know I mean it's a great it's a great plane crash it's extended over five or five or six seasons I believe Um, which always the pilot fucking up that was the guy in the hatch fucking up dude I haven't gotten that far yet bro (laughs) Spoilers, so you haven't dude. made it through season two of Lost yet? No, God, no. Um, <laughs> see, the thing about Lost is they should have got off the island after the first season. Yeah. And, and I never got over that. But that's for another episode. Um, you know what? We can cover British Columbia and Lost in the same episode, both involving jungles and weird shit like British people in jungles. And hatches and polar bears. Um, but anyway, so lost, yeah, lost number five. I think for number four, um, I had Fight Club, but I'm kind of feeling like Fight Club. It's you know, it's like part of a montage. It's not that big a deal. It's a pretty epic 
plain sequence, though. I mean, I think that it like set it set the bar for modern day plane crash sequence. Um, and I'll say that it was outdone by The Grey, which is my number three. Have you seen The Grey? I haven't. Oh, you need to check out The Grey. So many reasons, but one of which being awesome, awesome plane crash sequence. Um, have you seen World War Z yet? Not yet. I haven't I seen it either. But about it, yeah, shout out to shout out to Brad Pitt ripping off Liam Neeson. I saw the trailer. <laughs> that shit is ripped off. That plane crash sequence. That is straight the gray. Um, shout out to World War Z and ripping off the gray. Um, my number two. Running out. I have a number one, but. Um, what about that movie that that killed the football team? Oh, is that We Are Marshall? Yes. Nice. Uh, I've never seen it. I don't remember uh, if it showed the plane crash, but go with that one because it killed off a whole football team. Well, if if they showed, I mean, I hope that's the one that we're talking about. <laughs> um, oh shit! We all okay, and yes, we're we back. Guess what? Starring who? Matthew oh. Fox, Lost. Yeah. It's all connected. All these things are connected. It's like a beautiful mind. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to go with We Are Marshall for my number two. Uh, great film, I'm sure. Um, if I ever get a chance to see it, I will let you guys know. Matthew like McConaughey. I'm going to give that plane crash the benefit of the doubt. You fucking took out a whole football team. Oh, which segues really nicely into my number one, which is none other than uh, Alive. Um, I don't recall the year, but it's uh, based on the novel Alive. It's starring Ethan Hawke. And, I mean, simple reason I put that one at number one. Um, It's another film I haven't seen, so I don't know what the plane crash was like in the film. I read the book. Uh, It was for a book report in high school. Um, But, I mean, cannibalism, right? Anytime, Anytime that you've got... Uh, you know, the pilot gets eaten in that one. So, I mean, that's the best way that you can honor somebody in some uh, cultures is uh, eating them. Uh, I don't think that's what was going on in live necessarily, but, you know. Oh, um, a live directed by Frank Marshall. We are Marshall. Wait a second. I actually might have found some a, a much more epic uh, connection. Just a second here. Sorry, just just hold on. I mean, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, with, how's your top five going? I, I think I can wing this. All right, so uh, my, my number five uh, best, best, best landings, I'm going to go with uh, Six Days, Seven Nights, you know? <laughs> and Ash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you seen that one? <laughs> I have. Not since it came out, but I've seen it. Uh, oh, okay. In, in, I watched it in 1998 in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> you watched that film in theaters? <laughs> With my mother. I was 10. Oh, my God. Was it so, inappropriate? Well, it, it seems it like was, it could have been a little bit adult. You didn't get all the jokes. I didn't get all the jokes, but my mom thought it was very funny. Um, I, I'm not saying that the first landing in that movie was a good one, because that one was... Uh, 
crash landing. It's kind of the whole plot. But they fix the plane, and they fly back. And um, so you know what? Wait, I'm gonna sorry, I'm gonna stop you for a second. My number two is now six days and seven nights. <laughs> the first crash. I'm gonna refer to the original crash in six days and seven nights. Um, I, I feel like I have to go with that one because at least one of us have seen it. I mean, we're sort of out on a limb with We Are Marshall. Um, I've heard good things. I mean, you take out an entire football team, that's got to be something, but uh, we can't be sure. And uh, I'm going to defer to you on this one, Drew. And I think that, yeah, number two, six days, seven nights, on solo, crashing planes. First crash. The first crash, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so- the second one was the landing, the one where they fix the plane and they run away from the pirates. And, uh,. They land back in whatever tropical island they were vacationing at. And by they, I mean Anne Haitian. believe it was David Schwimmer. Yes, it was David Schwimmer playing Anne Haitian's, uh husband. Wait a second. What is Han Solo's relationship to Anne Haitian? He's the pilot. Oh, I thought that they were married or something. <laughs> no, he's the pilot. If I recall, um, she had to go back um, to her home, which I'm going to assume was New York, because it's always New York. Um, yeah, New York Magazine Editor. I'll call that one. Um, so, they're <laughs> New York and leaving David Schwimmer in Hawaii or whatever they were. I don't remember where they were. And um, he crashed the plane. She was leaving David Schwimmer? Their marriage was on the rocks? No, no, they were good. She just had to go back for work and left him on the vacation. Oh, that's tragic. That's yeah, really tough. They were happily okay. married. But they both cheat on each other. Oh, she does end up fucking Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, how could you not? He's Han Solo. If I was stranded on an island with him, I'd probably fuck him too. Yeah, that's true. My number four, I'm going to go with the, the movie Planes. You know, the, 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 picks, my, the thing that's kind of like cars, but with planes. Did you see Planes? <laughs> I did not. Good for you. I just, think that none of us should see planes. Parents, don't encourage Pixar. <laughs> don't take your kids to see planes. Don't buy it on Blu-ray or DVD. Definitely don't buy it, buy it on DVD. I mean, if you're buying DVDs nowadays, stop that. But especially don't be buying planes on Blu-ray or DVD. I think that that's just bringing Pixar down um, into a nosedive, if you will. Yeah, but I'm going to put it on the list anyway, because if that movie didn't have a lot of really awesome plane crashes, it it would have been a better movie. So I'm assuming they all land fairly safely. Just because it's shit, and you know it without seeing it? Yeah, and just because the planes are people. So, I mean, if, if every one of... If, if they crash, the plane itself is dying. And that's sad. You mean the bubbly actor that's voicing the plane? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, Val Kilmer! I mean, I feel like they—that's that that's like a Top Gun reference. That's like a wink, but I mean, it's an homage. Still, kind of works, right? We could link him to John Cusack with Kiss yeah. Kiss Bang Bang. Just link him straight to Top Gun and immediately put it into our pilots section. Um, no, of course. 
but I mean, it's obvious, right? Uh, Dane Cook, I really would have loved to see him die in a horrible plane plane crash, him being the plane. Yeah, that would have been glorious. Um... Cedric, the entertainer, sure. Anthony Edwards? Are you serious? They just went for the whole Top Gun cast in that movie. Yeah, they really did. I think Anthony Edwards died in that. It it would be fitting. I mean, let's keep it accurate, Pixar. Come on. Um, So my number three. uh, Moving on to number three? Yeah, we're moving on to number three. I'm going to go with uh, Keenan Thompson landing the plane and snakes on a plane. Yeah, for that was sure. Pretty cool. I was cool. really hoping that Snakes on the Plane showed up there because I do think that it is one of the standout in you know cinema history for safe landings. Um, and uh, it was Keenan Thompson, you know, uh, who for years was uh, the weakest member of Saturday Night Live, and he finally got his time to shine. Yep, they just needed to believe in him. Yep. I mean, look what he did with all that. Yeah, I mean he's a classic. I I love Keenan Thompson ever since Good Burger. I mean oh. the thing about Good Burger, I didn't see it in the theater, but I have pretty much worn out the VHS. Yeah. Um, and you know I exclusively keep a VCR plugged into my TV for Good Burger. So um, yeah, for sure. I mean that's big up. That's my Goodwill Hunting. I have Goodwill Hunting on VHS, and I watch it regularly. Oh, I feel like you're wasting your time with Goodwill Hunting. I mean, Good Burger. I, I, I mean, Goodwill Hunting's fine. It's totally okay. They they did some good things with that movie, but Good Burger is <laughs> Good Burger. Are we arguing what's a better movie, Good Burger or Goodwill Hunting, right now? I know it's very insulting, and we shouldn't even include Good Burger in this discussion because I mean, it's it's Good Burger. Frankly, Good Burger got robbed of the the best original screenplay Oscar. Uh, yeah, it didn't even make the short list. I was shocked and appalled. That's not okay. All right, now I have to think of a number two and a number one. Um, number two, uh, a couple years ago, I uh, I flew from Buffalo to North Carolina. It was a pretty good flight. I'm gonna give give it to that guy. You're giving your number one to an no, my, actual... No, my number two. My number two. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, I did not mean to jump the gun or anything like that. Yeah. Your number two is an actual flight. Yes. It was a gun that flew. And it landed safely? Yeah. Do you remember the pilot's name? No. I was wearing headphones when they introduced him, as I always am on airplanes. True. That is completely against regulations. You're yeah. supposed to listen to his witty banter. Um, so this is uh, so in the number two slot is uh, unknown named hero <laughs> who flew who from land- Buffalo to North Carolina. It was like a 40 minute flight. We didn't even reach the cloud line before we started descending upon the the great city of Raleigh. It was Raleigh. Oh, okay. Yeah, Raleigh. Raleigh. Yeah, flying down to Raleigh. Little Raleigh. Yep, I could see the ground the entire flight because it was so short. A lot of baseball diamonds. That's yeah. always fun. A I'm lot sure it was baseball a... diamonds and corn, probably right. I mean, yeah. this is America. Corn, corn and Lots baseball. Of... Corn and baseball. That's America. Yeah. yeah. Um, my number one. I'm gonna give to Falcor. You know, <laughs> that never-ending story when he's like dying. He's fall. Well, he doesn't die, but he's falling out of the sky. Yeah. 
and uh, he keeps that kid safe. He lands oh my God! Sacrifices his under his 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 own belly to make sure that that kid lands on on the top, so he stays safe. That was a solid landing on Falcor's part. Yeah, I I'm glad that you brought it up because I was actually sort of a little offended that it hadn't been brought up. Yeah. Um, it would be a number two or three for me. I think that it's great that you have it on there, but I do think that this brings up like we gotta have a magical creatures that you can ride genre episode. Yeah. The Harry Potter series alone, there's like eight of them. Yeah, I mean Harry Harry Potter's got it on lock. Yeah. I feel it's like everywhere. Half of the budget was spent on just the writing of the flying creatures. Mm-hmm. Which was really just pulled from the book, but I mean the visualization is is uh, most of the battle when it comes to that. I've got a very large picture of Falcor up on my screen. Um, it's just a production still, and the longer that you look at it, the scarier that it gets. I never really thought about that when I was a kid. It's one of those things where it horrifies you now, but for some reason it didn't when you were a child. And it, I it def- I'm looking at the same picture. <laughs> is I think it just like his face, like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at the same picture, and it's pretty, like, the longer, you, the nose, the longer you look at it, it's just like, wow. He's got brown eyes. Oh, I think it's more of, like, a hazel. I'm sorry, but, um, are you, you're on Google, yeah? Yes. I just Googled uh, Falcor. <laughs> and, and are you on web, and it's saying, like, images for Falcor? Yep. Is the third image the world trade <laughs> <Yes>! status? <laughs> <laughs> just making sure I guess the theory is that there's cloud formation or not cloud, there's smoke formation coming from the second tower or the first tower as the second one is being hit okay it's Drew Falcor. <laughs> Drew, uh, Drew I'm gonna need you to click on images it gets better <laughs> if you'll draw your attention to the bottom right what about the one with Chunk riding Falcor? Do you, do you see Chunk from the Goonies riding Falcor? Yes, I do. We got Kermit. Yeah. We have uh, pre-anti-Semite uh, Braveheart Mel Gibson. We've got... Uh, we've got a Swift and Kanye West riding Falcor. We've got, we've got a totally looks like screen cap of Victoria Beckham and Falcor. All right, listeners of this podcast, Google Falcor right now. This is the kind of interactive experience we're offering on Jean Review. Google Falcor right now and scroll with us because this shit needs to be seen to be believed. Uh, completely non sequitur, terrible Jedi costume. Yeah. <laughs> One that's just a picture of what looks like a sidewalk with a toy lying on it. And there's a little wet spot, and it says P-spot. Oh my god, I'm looking right at it right now. <laughs> Sad Keanu on top of Falcor. We've got Multiple. a Spirited Away uh, uh, shot with, uh, what's his name from Spirited Away, the dragon kid. Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. I'm a big fan of that movie. But I Shout out to Spirit in a Way. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, there's a picture, a reimagining of Falcor with 
um, blood dripping from his paws and mouth while uh, the kid rides his back crying. Oddly less frightening than the actual Falcor. <laughs> yeah, really. What else do we got here? We've got Meg Ryan uh, compared to Falcor. We've got Michael Jackson. and on, Two on the nose, guys. Too soon. <laughs> two on the nose. <laughs> that was completely unintentional. See, when I don't try, those are the really good ones. Um, are those the two kids from Radio Flyer? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not there right now. It's beside the Michael Jackson one. Oh, I I moved way past the Michael Jackson mm-hmm. one. I wanted to get away from it as quickly as possible. <laughs> We've been talking about Falcor for about ten minutes now. But, I mean, he was our number one. Good landings. Falcor. Yeah. So, I mean... Those is are that, list. That's Is that it? That we've, I feel like we've really... I mean, we've changed the world tonight with yeah. this. I think everybody's going to look at... Uh, the next time they're in a play, maybe they'll take their headphones off when they introduce the pilot. Yeah, why don't you have a little respect, guys, yeah. for the pilots. They Be play a huge part. We talked about Flight. We talked about Anthony Edwards. <laughs> we talked about Falcor. I mean, what else needs to be said? So that's our that's the first episode. I um, feel good about this. I feel I feel good about it. I we've got a couple ideas for 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 episodes later on for new genres to hit. Um, if you've got more ideas as a listener, you want to contribute and uh, maybe send us some ideas. We, pro- we probably we probably we probably won't use them, but no, we probably we're probably our ideas will be better than yours. I'm sorry, naturally, it's but I mean, give it a shot. Yeah, you can comment on the uh, on the page on geekchicelite.com uh, uh, slash whatever the URL will be when this gets posted. Um, but yeah, um, that's episode one in the bag. We've been uh, genre review. Take it easy, guys.